Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2017. Another week, another new set of outrages from the Destiny 2 community. After Curse of Osiris launched last week, players noticed that a lot of the high-level endgame content that was previously available to them as purchasers of Destiny 2 was now removed from the base game and locked behind ownership of the DLC. So you had to own Curse of Osiris in order to do the prestige version of the Leviathan Raid and the Weekly Nightfall Strike and the Trials of the Nine and the Iron Banner in Player vs. Player Crucible. All of that, which you could previously do as an owner of Destiny 2 in the base version, now required ownership of Curse of Osiris, which is just baffling. In fact, some... PlayStation trophies and Xbox Live achievements were which came with the base game which were uh, which were previously doable when you just bought Destiny 2 were now impossible unless you owned Curse of Osiris. And I'm sure most Destiny players that are that invested that want to do that kind of high level content are going to get Curse of Osiris, but it's still absolutely bonkers that Bungie would take something out of the game and lock it behind a new paywall for no reason. Their explanation of doing so said they wanted to raise the power level required for existing prestige activities. So in order to get that power level, you had to do, you had to have the DLC content. So this, understandably, upset some people (laughs) and It seems like uh, people are being upset by Bungie uh, every week nowadays with some strange, hard-to-explain decision. Bungie has released a statement in response saying, uh, With Curse of Osiris now live, it's clear that we've made some mistakes with how we have handled content access. Our team overlooked the fact that these mistakes disabled trophies and achievements for Destiny 2. This was an unacceptable lapse on our part, and we can understand the frustration it has created. So as of today, in the new 1.1.1.1 patch that comes out today, they will include some changes that will address some of the concerns around the content lockout. So the Prestige Nightfall is still staying at the new power level cap of 330, so it will still require Curse of Osiris, but they're changing the trophy achievement associated with prestige activities to only reference the prestige raid. So you can still achieve that with the base game because the prestige raid is now going down for minimum power level requirement from 330 to 300. Today's update does not address the Heroic Strike playlist, and it just seems bizarre that Bungie had to make these changes In the first place, it does seem like they're listening, I guess, but what's going on over there with all these odd, frustrating decisions? Good news from Nintendo. 
10 million people own Nintendo Switches. 10 million. This is worldwide, of course. And this is sold through. This is not just sent to retail. A lot of uh, these reports are a little misleading when it says sold because oftentimes they'll report numbers that mean that's how many units have been sent to store shelves. So they haven't actually been purchased by human beings yet. But that that is not the case with this report. Evidently, Nintendo has actually sold through to customers. That means people went into stores and purchased 10 million Nintendo Switches already. That is pretty impressive. Evidently, the Switch did really well over Black Friday weekend, despite no discounts on it. it people were just out in stores, wanted to buy stuff. They bought Switches. And even with deep discounts on the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, evidently when NPD is finally released this week, reports indicate that the Switch will remain the number one console sold in the United States as it has been for the past four months in a row. Nintendo legit has a hit on their hands with the Switch, as we all expected. Certainly doesn't help that two of the best-reviewed just most excellent games of this generation have all come out within eight months of each other. Zelda Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. It's great when you have like generational (laughs) hits uh, to help launch your console in its first year. People are buying them in droves, so expect uh, lots more support for Nintendo Switch continuing throughout 2018 and beyond. A new patch for one of the most, I think, underrated games of this year Uh, Who knew I would be the guy championing an Assassin's Creed? But Assassin's Creed Origins, not enough people are talking about. It is so good. I think the best Assassin's Creed game I've played. And uh, a new patch released today adds a bunch of really interesting updates, including a new difficulty level, Nightmare Difficulty, increases the damage and health of the enemies in the game to make the game crazy hard, upping the challenge for anyone that wants that kind of challenge. Uh, And speaking of challenges, they also added a new event quest called Here Comes a New Challenger, which adds a horde mode to the game's uh, arena challenge, which lets you play against waves of enemy with the game's really excellent combat mode. Uh, They say horde mode is recommended for players of level 32 and up, so it is sort of endgame-ish content. They've also rebalanced the game's economy a bit by changing some of the prices of different resources and added new uh, UI improvements, including hood, hair, and beard customizations in the gear menu and an uncompleted locations filter for the world map to help with backtracking. Also, there's a new checkbox in the options menu that allows you to set enemies to the level you are throughout the game world. So if you're going back to older areas and you don't want to just breeze through enemies with your high-level gear and and radness, you can check enemy auto level, which will then scale them up to your level. So it sort of works like a Bethesda open-world game like Skyrim where everything is a challenge no matter where you go and when you go there. Pretty cool. I love the continued support for this really excellent game, and I I really wish more people were talking about it at this time of year because I hope the Assassin's Creed franchise continues in this direction because it has really become one of my favorite game experiences at the end of the year here. A rumor now, and take this one with a grain of salt, but it seems to be coming from a pretty reliable source 
The rumor is that the next Battlefield game will be Battlefield Bad Company 3, which is pretty exciting news to anybody that played Bad Company 2, because that game is awesome. I really dug uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2, and I much prefer that series to mainline Battlefield. So I'm hoping this rumor is accurate. It comes from a YouTuber that goes by the name Almighty Dak. This YouTuber has exactly three videos on his or her channel, which would normally be cause for concern with a, a rumor this big. But Almighty Dak is responsible for revealing details of Battlefield 1 many months before it was announced. Uh, there's a YouTube video on Almighty Dak's channel that goes down pretty much every detail of Battlefield 1 that ended up being accurate. He or she nailed the fact that it was going to be set in World War One, what the weaponry was going to be like, even the development names for some of the maps. So a lot of very granular details about Battlefield 1, and that was all the way back in March of 2016 before it was announced. So now he's saying this Battlefield, Bad Company 3, will be set in the mid and post-Vietnam War era and uh, take place all the way up to the beginning of the Cold War. There's going to be a campaign with missions taking place throughout each of these conflicts and said that it is not actually going to be historically accurate, but it's just going to use that as a jumping-off point for the story of Bad Company 3. Now, this means that since it's such a big time jump from Bad Company 2, the characters from the first two games may not return, which is a bit of a bummer because those guys were pretty cool and pretty interesting characters in their own right. Really, the best part of Bad Company was the company. But as for the multiplayer, it will supposedly bring back a focus on tighter maps compared to Battlefield 1, and uh, the conquest rush operations and team deathmatch and domination are all returning. Supposedly, there will also be at least one new mode, which is supposedly similar to squad obliteration from Battlefield 4, supporting 10 players in a 5v5. Almighty Dak says that the game is set to be revealed at E3 2018, but says that he or she is not clear what stage of development the game is in. Maybe a 2018 E3 reveal for a late 2018 launch? Sounds pretty interesting. I'm excited for a Bad Company 3, and I think this is a pretty, pretty interesting rumor that I will still remain a bit skeptical of, as you should as well, but here's hoping.